welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy and came here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Every day, the one and only Jerry Springer. Hey, Jerry. It's nice to be back. And uh, yeah, I'm this uh, week as last. I'm recording from uh, my daughter's condo, nice. so she gets a, a percentage of the. At any point, uh, my grandson should be coming back. He's at baseball practice. Nice. Aha! Uh-huh. Well, we'll bring let's bring yeah. him on camera. Let's do an if, interview with him. Yeah, if he comes, in, he may he knows that I'm going to be on, so he may be going uh, upstairs to Mickey and not coming in here. Yeah, not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, at the end of and by the way, we have uh, Tom Vandenaven back Oven Tom Vanden Oven back on with us again this week. Great singer songwriter. Uh, from a place called Oakdale, California, kind of half, I don't know, halfway between San Francisco and Yosemite National Park, thereabouts. Uh, hey, Tom, how you doing? Great. Is that, Great. Is that about you? right? Is it kind of halfway between those two places or closer to Yosemite? It is, exactly. Oh, there you go. It's a beautiful Way place. And you were I've saying been, mm-hmm. that Willie T, who's been on our show, was out that way as well. Is that correct? Yeah, he was born and raised here, yep. actually. Yes. Yep. It's a beautiful place. It really is. It's a beautiful place. Uh, and Tom uh, is going to uh, grace us with a song in a little bit, and we're going to chat with him. Jerry's going to have another one of his uh, thoughts of the week. It's really kind of the heart of the show. And at the end of last show, there was a reference. Megan has been doing this sort of uh, quick read of a thing. Hey, give us a five-star review on social media. It's you know, gets other people knowing about us and listening. We love that. And then Jerry mocked, I thought, Megan. But then when I listened to the show, I realized, no, no way. I think he's mocking me because it was a reference to the executive producer. Now, oh, yeah, ladies, it clearly was mocking you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah clearly. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, you listeners out there, uh, it, it cut in the worst way because I am not the executive producer. I am... <laughs> the senior and now the lifetime senior executive <laughs> producer. So, yeah. yes, we have gotten, I have them, <laughs> and I'm holding them up for Facebook Live, but we have too many to read of, uh, there, of reviews that we've got. Two. I saw two. Hang on, Megan. And that's anyway. an electric bill. It was actually are the Verizon te- bill. That was a good catch, Megan. It was Verizon. Are you telling me we we have three? three? Oh, we have many more. And look, I couldn't. I <laughs> hey, what hey, are hey, we hey, doing? Let, hey, let's don't get down in the weeds on how this is produced. Oh, but no, yes, we-, we have had, and this is an old school word, scads scads of uh, emails and reviews yeah so we got an email which had a review and he said i'm giving you guys five-star review i'm not gonna read this because it's way too long and and frankly kind of scientific and technical it's from billy from billings montana i thought that was very cool billy from billings montana and billy says i'm gonna paraphrase i do not believe in simulation theory he announces that in the open. I do not believe in simulation theory. 
And then he goes on to say, but then I listened to your show for, I binge listened, he said. And do, do you guys know what simulation theory is? Simulation theory, and Billy explains all of this in here. It's very dense. Here, I'm just going to flash in front of you. It's too dense. And he, the backside even <laughs> is in Spanish. Put the backside in Spanish. You don't know why yeah. he did that. But anyway, Billy says, simulation theory is that what we are experiencing right now on this show and, and you know, recently there's a ceasefire between Israel and Palestine. Yeah. And, the Reds got beat by the Giants. That None of that is actually real. That what we are acting out is a phone app, if you will. This is one way of thinking of simulation theory of some other advanced culture and that we are their experiment and that we are not in reality. We are someone else's reality. He says that he started to believe in simulation theory when he began to listen to our show, that it is so utterly stupid, it couldn't be realism. That's what Billy from Billings, Montana well, makes says. A point. That's a point. Okay. And now I, I, I understand ask, that part. I ask you guys, could he be right? Yes. Have you ever heard of simulation theory? Have you ever heard yeah, of Elon Musk said that we're just uh, the video game. We're just a video game for other cultures or other um, entities. That yeah. Is that ridiculous? Do you think? I mean, are well, we going to talk about this now? I don't think it's well. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> could you? I know Megan. You believe in Bigfoot, so maybe you believe in simulation theory <laughs> as well. <laughs> I mean, I do spend most of my free time looking for Nessie and Bigfoot, but you don't have to judge me on that. <laughs> right, I'm not. I'm not. No, sure. Why not? Why not? And if, if our podcast can bring that that clarity to someone, I think that we're doing our do we're doing our our jobs here. Thank you. I, well, how does anyone? How does anyone know that anyone else exists? I mean, I know that I exist, but you could all just do be you props know, for me. Do you know you exist? What, what proof do you have? Do you really know? <laughs> I know. I'm not here. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Hey, hey, Jerry. If I'm not here. Why did I spend all this money? Well, there's a good point. Excellent all, question. On all these homes. <laughs> they have these seven homes. Not, no one, one without Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Seven homes, but no Wi-Fi. Hey, are you guys watching uh, The Underground Railroad on Amazon Prime by no. any chance? Uh, oh, I, my God. I started to watch it. And honestly, it was so depressing. I'm going to go back to it. Yeah. But I couldn't even get through the first. I mean, I was just so angry. Yeah. And 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 I just think it is foolhardy to believe that that attitude isn't still around today. And if if it, it, it's if the people could get away with it, they would do it again. I, I mean, I just saw it and I just had such a bad feeling that this was basically in terms of civilization just a few years ago. And we were doing that and we're still treating black people as second class citizens. We still do it, you know, and do everything we can 
to hurt them getting their way, block their vote, block their employment, block them coming into America, people of different colors. I mean, it's just, it's like we haven't learned. And that's the extreme of what happens. But I was just watching that and saying, oh my gosh, are we really going there again? Well, here's a quick setup of it. And Megan, uh, this is one where I would say, just like Jerry saying, you might hate it. You might hate it real hard, but it's, uh, it's pretty important. And by the way, it's based on a novel that came out a few years back written by Colson Whitehead and a quick setup. It is about the underground railroad, the mechanism used for a lot of slaves to escape from the South to the North, in some cases, all the way to Canada to freedom. But Colson Whitehead wrote a novel that is more allegorical, if you will. So literally, and this, this will not spoil it, Literally, there is a railroad that runs on tracks underground. And that, of course, is not what the Underground Railroad was. It was people following rivers and following the drinking gourd, the North Star, which is at the bottom of the Big Dipper, of the Dipper part of the Big Dipper, and would, you know, and fight their way through swamps and woods and often walk in water to keep their tracks from being seen. So this one. And, and I know, Jerry, the first episode, my wife and I watched it and it was like, I, I got almost sick to my stomach and thought, I can't yeah. watch this. Yeah. Now we're tonight going to watch the fourth episode. And it's very rough. And it's just like the novel, The Underground Railroad, as they say, Colson Whitehead. It's intriguing. It's interesting. It's important. And I sat there thinking... Why am I watching this and why should I want anyone else to watch this? And I guess, Jerry, isn't the answer that we we have. It's like it's like uh, Schindler's List. Yeah, we yeah. have to see this. We have to. I face agree. Oh, I this. agree. It, and I it's agree. cathartic and all of that. God, it's rough and it doesn't get any easier. I keep thinking, well, now we'll get into the good part where it's, uh, you know, easy walking to Massachusetts or something. But even no, but bringing it to today, just to today, and so it's not just history, how can anybody watch that and then say, we have to protect the Confederate flag, we have to protect the statues and monuments to uh, the Confederate uh, uh, army military, when that is exactly what they were fighting to protect, to, to keep. I mean, I, I can't conceive of a rational argument. Someone who says, well, that was our lifestyle. That, that's horrible. I mean, that's, uh, it's the most inhuman thing in the world. And we still have people in our leaders. They're still leaders. They're still politicians that want to support the monument, support the, the flag. And that's what the flag stood for. It was what it stood for. Why do we think that's all right? That's what was so depressing. It's like, oh, you know, we know the history, but Jesus, what? How have we improved? Yeah, I, I you said that's. You said that was on Amazon Prime, Gene. Amazon yeah. Prime, yeah, yeah. And I'll you can, yeah, it's it's really in a very dark, sad way. It's uh, wonderful, and uh, add to that the voter suppression efforts in uh, so hmm. many southern states. And by the way. Uh, Related to that, uh, Dan Rather does this thing called the big interview on 
on the Axis channel. And he used to do what well, he started by doing all these uh, musical performers, singer, songwriters and performers. And now he's sort of tapped out. He's done all of them and he's getting into other celebrities. And he did Quentin Tarantino. Is that his name? Quentin yeah. Tarantino. Quentin, yeah. Quentin, yeah. Quentin, Quentin Tarantino, the director. And he did this long interview with him that I saw yesterday, and it relates to the Underground Railroad. And he said, I make movies, and he did not direct this, directed by somebody else. He says, I make movies that put you in touch with, as an audience, some dark stuff that you don't want to face. I make you intentionally uncomfortable, and I even sometimes try to corrupt you where you're enjoying a character, let's say, and smiling and maybe laughing with the character and feeling sympathy for the character uh, because I am working you. That's my point. He says, I am working you. I was very honest for a director to admit that because yeah. now when you go to any other Quentin Tarantino movies, you're kind of on your guard for him. Well, similarly, the Underground Railroad, I believe the, the writer of the novel, as I say, Colson uh, Whitehead, and the people who chose to then make it on, Amazon, on uh, Amazon Prime, they intentionally are making me and my wife for nine, I believe it's nine, it is nine episodes. And then I think it's over. So this is not yeah. repeating like a marvelous Mrs. Maisel or something. It's not coming back on next year. But it makes you very uncomfortable. And yeah. isn't it interesting that we come back for another episode? Yeah. We know we're not going to be happy when it's over. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Be pissed off and uncomfortable, but you go back because you think, man, I gotta, I gotta face this. Yeah. Man, interesting. That I love I love art for that reason. And, well, and, anything that, uh, yeah, it's supposed to challenge you. It should make some art should make you feel uncomfortable if it was all, you know, nothing against Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but like it's not all fun and gay, you know, if you've got right. yeah. if you've got that um, ability to do that and, and make people feel uncomfortable and still come back. My God, what a gift. And that's something I agree with that. And and, you know, I'm not an art's not my wheelhouse, but I, I guess if it makes you think. Mm hmm. And if it, if it comments on the human condition, this sure as hell does, uh, Underground Railroad does, yeah. then it's important. Mm -hmm. it, it's high art. I built a whole um, career on making people uncomfortable. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, right. That was really right. just your personality, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm an artist after all. <laughs> yeah, I always thought, I always, yeah, I always thought your show was high art. No, you were the hey. one that came up with the comment that I've ruined the culture. And I use yeah. that all the, in every yeah. interview. I yeah. use your, your line. The fall of yeah. the Western, Western civilization, Jerry Springer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's time to give Eastern civilization a shot. We had a thousand years. Now it's, yep. you know, it's time for Eastern civilization. <laughs> Jerry played hey. his part. Step it up there. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys one other thing, uh, and, and that is the Ohio governor, Mike DeWine, is trying an idea to get more people to be vaccinated. Because remember, if we can hit about 80% of America's population getting either the one J&J &J shot or the two of the other two vaccines, we can hit that thing they call herd immunity, and we can literally, you know, push down and stop 
uh, COVID-19. And if we don't get anywhere near 70, 80, probably 80%, then I may feel pretty good because I've been vaccinated. Uh, Megan Hills just announced she's got her second shot. So we're all pretty much vaccinated. And I've been thinking, you know, well, could, could we, as an incentive, just our small part, say, if you come to the Jerry Springer podcast, and we would then go back to folks school coffee parlor, and we'll and this is the idea I had, and I don't know, maybe it's crazy, that you could get your vaccination that night. We would give you both on the same night, and Jerry Springer would give you the vaccination. <laughs> nope. I think that would be interesting. <laughs> I think it's time to bring back the stupid Galvins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm half of that. But and then Mike DeWine came up with this idea and I got I got some buddies who have entered it. Uh, I live in Kentucky, so I can't. I don't know, David Proust, maybe you have, but it's a Vaximillion lottery. If yep. you have been, listen to this, Jerry, if you have been vaccinated, you can go online, verify that you have been, and then you go into the pool and you can't get the payout unless you've got your vaccination card, a legit verification. And they're going to draw out a name that I hear five of them over a five week period. And some yep. kids going to get a college education paid for. This yep. is Mike DeWine, Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio, his incentive to get more people to get vaccinated. And some people are ripping him for this, saying what a horrible expenditure of government money uh, to give, you know, a, a game show payout to people. But I don't know. I thought that was pretty clever. They were talking on the news this evening about it. They were up in some of the in some of the places in Ohio, up over 50 percent where they were this last this time last week. So, really? they, yeah, like it's, so you it's know, working. It's working. Yeah. that they, they have just massive turnouts for this for folks that maybe would not have given them incentive to do it. Yeah, so. it's yeah. I don't see really the downside. I mean, it, it it's a chunk of money. It's not a huge chunk of money for the state budget. And if, in fact, it results in even several thousand more people getting yeah. uh, the shots, then, of course, it's a benefit to the community. You yeah. know, we all benefit if more people have, have received the vaccine. It's that clear. We all benefit from it. So uh, I think people want to know why you have to sign up for it if they already have a chip in in your body for it. (laughs) Yes, that's the truth. Jerry, would you be willing if I can get this organized as the senior executive producer? (laughs) Have you? Let's say it's Pfizer because uh, Catfish has a refrigerator in the basement. That's got to be kept very cold. Would you be willing to give a double jab to people? Are you comfortable giving injections or not? If you are, say so now. We won't do it. That's a dumb idea. Well, it's a dumb idea. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> why do you? Why do you? Right, I, didn't, know I didn't see it. I sometimes <laughs> don't see things. As yeah, you don't. You. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah, as clearly as you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're saying just on the face of it, it's dumb. On the face so of it, it's stupid. But uh, right, well, then we don't have to go any farther because. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Why get into whether I'm comfortable <laughs> with giving shots? Did just okay. say that. 
Because I, right. no, Jerry, I'm Jerry. just going to go forward with the thought that maybe no medical procedures <laughs> should ever be done by Jerry Springer or any well, one of us. At first of all, my hand our- shakes quite a bit <laughs> recently, okay. which is true. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to be anywhere near a needle going. Well, we, we can hold your arm. I mean, I, we, got, we got three people that we all can grab on and hold that arm steady. But uh, because well, here's what I, so I was thinking. My it's next a great photo op too, Jerry. Oh, It'd be this great. Is this is, how can I say no to this? Oh. But I, I, my next call was going to be to the health department, but I'm here and you say, no, don't make it. Yeah. But if you okay. do make it, I want to hear a tape recording of that call. <laughs> oh, well, I'll read it. I, I, it'll come in an email like this. One. Yeah. 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 That's it. That is a, that is a gas, an electric bill. No, those are his notes no. for the show. That's yeah, my notes for the show. <laughs> They're notes for this show? Yeah. Did that notes about this? Oh, man. It's even you worse want, than you thought, Jerry. Hey, you guys want to see my bank account? Look at this. Yeah, no. That's actual yeah. records from Fifth That's Third really bank. pretty yeah, pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Hey, Jerry, yeah. every week... <laughs> I'm Every going week. through Gene's office is over, concluded for this week. Uh, what else we got? Hey, look over my shoulder. Hey, look at those up there. Look at those. Those are my those are my graduation degrees. From what, ju- from what junior high school is that? Well, I've got the junior high, then I've got uh high school. Uh that's as far yeah. as I went, but I have my uh, degrees over there, well, not degrees, diplomas, uh, degrees are in when you go to college. Hey, Jerry, let me ask yeah. you something. Um, each yeah. week, each week, you do a thought of the week and uh, you analyze a topic. And I wondered, uh, did you pick a topic for this week and what are you thinking? Okay. Well, I did. Uh, Four months from now, we're going to be taking note of the 20th anniversary of 9-11, perhaps the most memorable public event in the life of any American over the age of 30. Four months after that will mark the first anniversary of January the 6th, the presidentially led insurrection on our nation's capital, the outright assault on our democracy, the attempted overthrow of our government. Now, when a guest on Fox the other night compared these two attacks on America, the Fox host, I forget which one, they all look alike, was outraged. How can you compare 9-11, where nearly 3,000 Americans died, with the events of a few months ago at the Capitol, where only a few over-enthused Trumpians rioted, resulting in just five people dying? The implication was that to compare the two was a sacrilege. Well, hold on a minute. Yes, 9-11 was horrific, and surely many more people died on that tragic morning. The images of people jumping to their death from the windows of the collapsing World Trade Center forever seared in our memory. No one is belittling the horror of that morning. And yet, understand, What the Republican Party, with few notable courageous exceptions, is doing is belittling the events of this past January the 6th, as if this was only a bunch of crazies not comparable to 9-11. Oh, yeah? Well, yes, more people died that September morning, but no one seriously thought that our democracy was dead 
that Osama bin Laden was our new leader, that we had been conquered as a nation. A band of 20 suicide bombers, if you will, blew up some buildings of considerable significance, clearly an act of terror, killing 3,000 innocent civilians in the process, forever changing the lives of their families and striking some degree of fear in virtually everyone else. Indeed, it was a horrible event. But no one then or since has seriously thought that this jaw-dropping act of terror was going to overthrow our government, end our democracy, and lead to our unconditional surrender, bowing down to our new dear leader hiding out in a cave or safe house somewhere on the other side of the world. In no way was this to be the end of America. In fact, in the immediate aftermath, we weren't Democrats or Republicans, liberals or conservatives. We were all Americans. So recognizing that reality and reaction, compare it to the Trumpian attack on the Capitol for the singular purpose of, in fact, overthrowing our government, its institutions, our democracy, and the electoral will of the American people. Not only did this threaten our nation, but it continues to. Inspired by Trump, they stormed the Capitol with the purpose of stopping the certification of the election that Biden won by over 8 million votes, an electoral landslide, to stop the certification of this by violence if necessary, specifically grabbing some congressmen and senators, so taking them hostage, as well as the vice president. And if some brave Capitol police didn't stop them killing their targets, if that's what it took. And this wasn't just a momentary act of anger. In fact, it continues today. And this smoldering insurrection is not without its irony. After World War II, led by the likes of Joe McCarthy and um, Richard Nixon, Republicans stirred up this fear, largely unsubstantiated, that the communists, receiving their instructions from Russia, the then Soviet Union, were infiltrating our government at the highest levels, seeking to disrupt our democracy in the ever-intensifying Cold War. There were commies everywhere, we were told. Well, nowadays, though communism is gone, the Russians and their oligarchs and dictators and enemies of democracy aren't. And the Republicans, for the most part, have switched sides. Now they're defending these people. Now it's different. It's a different McCarthy, the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, who's become the leading apologist for Trump and the autocrats and promoters of the big lie that the election was stolen. Trump should be president. And in a typical characteristic of authoritarian rule, anyone from the Republican leadership who doesn't bow to Trump and his big lie is purged. You might ask Liz Cheney for verification. This continuing support for this Trumpian fantasy, which, in, which incited the insurrection in the first place, continues to incite masses of people in our own country today. A majority of Republicans, in fact, 
And this is no insignificant circumstance. This is not just a political partisan argument. This means that our democracy, our very government, has been infiltrated by a party. This time, not the Communist Party, but a Republican Party that undermines people's faith in democracy, majority rule, our constitution, and the, the very idea of free elections where everybody, repeat, everybody gets to vote. And the one with the most votes wins. Republicans want to undermine that. If the Republican Party and right-wing media support of the big lie and the belittling of the insurrection doesn't stop immediately, why is anybody going to believe that we'll have a fair election and democracy in 2024? Make no mistake, 9-11 was horrible, but nowhere near the threat to our nation and its democracy that Trump has let loose. And the Republicans, spineless in their support of America, keep fermenting. Back in 1954, Joe McCarthy had his list of 215 communists hiding in our State Department. I have a list today of 204 Republicans in our Congress and Senate, and they're not hiding. Excellent. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. I now have to run for cover. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With us again this week, we have Tom Vandenoven. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing really well, and you really nailed that word, Vandenoven, that time. <laughs> well, last time you spoke to us a little bit about Spain and the Spanish Civil War and that wonderful song, the um, even the even the olives are bleeding. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was really cool. That sound was, was very excellent. very cool. Really enjoyed the reindeer. It. The reindeer. The ra olive. Jerry. Yeah, again uh, with olive, Jerry. Come on. <laughs> I'm gonna. I quit. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, Tom, what do you have for us this evening? Tell us about uh, Wreck of a Man and where inspiration came okay, from. Okay, Wreck of a Fine Man. Wreck of a fine uh, man. Th this song was inspired by a dream I had while I was taking a nap. And, Jerry, I'm not I'm not lazy. I work nights. So, and oh, okay. Nap. So you're taking a nap. Yeah. Okay, right? Yeah, you understand. <laughs> so I dreamt that Hank Williams was still alive and uh, living off in a cabin somewhere in Tennessee. Hank Williams Sr., you know, he got yeah. kicked off the uh, Grand, Grand Old Opry and whatnot. So I kind of based this song off of that little dream I had. Oh, All right. very, very cool. Rebecca, a fine man. Copperheads crawl into the wood pile. And with that fail, my songbird starts south all them hard miles. There's a hell of a lot that an old man don't care to remember. I still hear a name when the cold winds start blowing. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank that you. was really lovely. All Thanks. right, Tom, tell us where we can hear, uh, learn more about you, hear more of your music, social media. Uh, TomVandenovins.com. Vandenovins.com. Can you spell that for us so that our listeners can check you out? All right. V-A-N-D-E-N-A-V-O-N-D. All right. Go check him out. And while you're checking him out, take a few seconds to go to Jerry Springer Podcast and check us out. Give us a five-star review because... Good Lord knows we need it. Um, we'll have our executive producer, executive senior producer, Gene Galvin, um, read one out loud. When we get one, we'll let you know. Uh, but no, go check <laughs> us out. <laughs> it's the only way we can let let the uh, the top cats over there at all the internet's companies know that we're here and know what we're doing. So check us out. Leave us a review. Check Tom out. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, Tom's going to take us out on Irene Goodnight. Thank you, Thank guys. you, Tom. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. Thank hey, you Tom, thanks for doing this. Really? Been listening.
listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Sometimes I live in town. Sometimes I take a great notion to jump in the river and drown.